Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Jules. And welcome to The The Babesment. (laughs) Steph is a body positive photographer. And Jules is an intuitive eating and body image coach. And we have both dedicated our lives to empowering women to own their bodies and themselves so that they can live their biggest lives. And now we want to welcome you into these powerful conversations. So join us as we hear from women and anyone working through and overcoming struggles in their bodies. We are inspired daily by the lives they live and we can't wait to share their empowering life lessons with you. We are here in the babes mint. I got Maple Bear snuggling me, her little head on my lap. Yeah, I got her butt to me. So (laughs) it's a little luckier for you. She loves butt scratches. (laughs) But we have the wonderful Rachel Joy Burrell in the house. Yay! You said my name right. That's like amazing. Good job. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I mean, growing up with W-O-J-N-O pronounced wino, I'm very sensitive to (laughs) name pronunciations. (laughs) Gotten all the things. Um, You guys, Rachel is a really, really, really talented photographer who I feel so lucky because she took the photos at my wedding. And Rach, I I forget which friend it was. Either Autumn Theodore or Mandy Cohen. I forget. One of them, I feel like it was. When I got engaged, I was like, guys, like I need a photographer, right? Like, who do you recommend? And they both said your name. And I legit just saw your website. And I... I just stopped there. Like, I didn't even do any other because I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, yes, I need her. Like, (laughs) I didn't have the need to look anywhere else. I was like, Rachel is my girl. And then when you were free, I was just like, yes. Uh And my photos are incredible. Like, anyone who has seen my wedding, they're always like, oh my God, your photos. And I'm like, I know, Rachel. They're stunning. (laughs) I love your day. (laughs) Well, thank you for capturing it. (laughs) And now it's so fun to have you here. I know. I always try to remember when we met Rachel because I know you photographed a friend of mine's wedding five years ago, Katie and Bobby. And but also I met your husband forever ago. We were camp counselors together (laughs) before he was your husband. Were you at Katie and Bobby's wedding? I wasn't because I was living in New York at the time when they got married. But I saw the photographs after and I was like, "Uh, these are stunning. And like Katie and Bobby are such a beautiful couple anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was like, I don't remember when Rachel and I actually met. I think we met at Creative Babes. (gasps) We did. One of us was photographing and the other person said hi. I forget I think which it, way I was. think you were photographing. I think it was the very first one that I came to right after I moved home from New York. Because okay. I went to a Creative Babes like three weeks after I moved home. Okay. Which would have been like, again, like five years ago. <laughs> was it at the Wonder Jam too? Yes. Yeah. I, I remember meeting you. Yes. <laughs> it's deep in there. It's deep in there. Oh my God. I'm... Yes. Okay. It's all coming back to me. Now I know exactly when we met and I'm so happy we did because you are such an amazing human and photographer. Mm-hmm. And I'm so I'm so excited that you're here today. I will say I'm proud of you for coming up and saying hi because I can get weird when I'm working at events and not know how to socialize. So yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I did too because that was before I got good at going up and saying I'm hi terrible to at it. Steph still knows if I see somebody <laughs> who I'm like, oh my God, I know them. They're really, really cool. I am the Julie worst. gets really like, fangirly. So awkward. <laughs> and I, I, no matter what, well, like I, I stutter here and there. Mm-hmm. And so especially if I'm nervous or especially, I don't know, I can't, totally pinpoint when I stutter, like why? But so that just makes it even more anxiety provoking. So it's just like, it's it's all the things. And <laughs> just have yeah. no, I, have, I have no chill. I feel like I've gotten a lot better <laughs> at going up and introducing myself to people because now people do it to me and I know how uncomfortable it is. So I'm mm-hmm. always like super excited to meet people when they come up and say hi. But yeah, I was not good at it yet then. So it was a big move for me to come say <laughs> hi to you because I was like, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I hate small talk. So I'm oh, really not into that. So. I'm like, can we dive into your deep issues immediately upon meeting? Because if not, this isn't going to work. <laughs> What's your high and low this year so far, stranger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm a camp counselor. Would you like to play Rosebud Thorn of your day? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Whenever I have people over for dinner, I definitely have them. Um, Share that around the table. Yes. yes, it's the best. Get deep quick. That's so great. Oh. Well, we're going to get deep of getting quick. deep quick. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Steph, take it 
Take it away. So, Rachel, we always like to start the podcast with the same question, which is, do you remember what your relationship with your body was like when you were young? I don't have like a ton of memories from being a super young kid and thinking about my body. And I think for most of my life, I've felt less about my body than a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Just not making it a priority, not being Mm -hmm. obsessed with trying to change it. I know that I was always like a bigger kid and I couldn't share clothes with my skinny friends and stuff like that. But it really wasn't like everything to me, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was faced with a lot of diet culture from like the women in my life. So I'm grateful for that. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's how... I I wish that was the answer for all of us, right? That it was never a big deal, that it wasn't really a priority, that we never really tried to change. Like how incredible. I I hate that for so many many of us and Mm -hmm. for... You know, like every guest on our podcast, it's there for some, I think for a lot, there's like this, this uh, moment of, yeah, I can remember like when it wasn't a big deal. Like I can remember that. Mm-hmm. And then a time when it changed. And so it's really badass to grow up in this culture that like is so everywhere and to have that experience. Like, you know what? I just, I never really made it a big deal. I never made it a priority. Like that's freaking amazing. That's so freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know we were really excited to talk to you today, specifically about the world of photography. And so I would love if we could hear your journey of how you really found photography, how you found that love. I found like the, I know you do a lot with what's called the family narrative. Tell us what that is. Like, I would love to really have this conversation about your photography in general. Tell us how you became you, Rachel. Yeah. Okay. I love this story. <laughs> So when I was a kid, I grew up in a restaurant. My dad owns a restaurant. So he opened the restaurant six months before I was born. So grew up there, learned to socialize there, would sit at a booth and color pictures for customers. He had a college fund up by the register where people could put money in. I love Um, that. So back during my college days, a lot of the customers would say, (laughs) "I, I put money in the college fund. I'm like, thanks. You're putting me through college, although I don't know if I saw it or not, the money. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it may not have made it. You know, it probably did. <laughs> um, so I worked a lot. And I do remember back in high school, I think it was the first week of freshman year, my dad called me and he asked, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, oh, I'm going to a movie with friends. Um, this is what my plan is. And then he said, well, I need you to come and work. Someone walked out during their shift today. And I was bummed for a minute, but then it ended up being really good for me. I started working three or four days a week. It was really like fulfilling socially. I loved making money. I've always been a little business person. So I love it. Um, yes. As a kid, I would find ways to create things and network. I don't know. It was crazy. I made these rice bags that you throw in the microwave to heat up and like they keep you warm and put them in your bed to like warm it up in the winter. Maple was just heavy breathing. (laughs) (laughs) That was not me. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to sell this to my mom's friends at work when I was a kid. I've always been creative. And in my school, every year they would give an award for like a character trait. And I got creativity year after year. And I hated it. I'm like, I want something strong, like courage or brave. And I was always creative. And I'm like, what does this word even mean? And it would take me years to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But senior year, I went on a trip to Spain and Romania with my high school. It was a joint trip from Spanish class and choir. And so during that trip, one of the chaperones had a camera. It was a Canon 40D. And she let me use it to take a few photos of her. We were actually on like a layover in DC with like cherry blossoms. And I loved the feel of holding her camera. And so I ended up coming home from that trip and buying the exact camera. I didn't need to do any research or like decide between Canon and Nikon. (laughs) This is the camera for me. So I had worked so much that I had cash in my room and I just paid for it out of my pocket as like a graduation gift to myself. And it came one day before I left for a month-long trip to Israel to visit my dad's family for a wedding. Mm -hmm. And in in high school, I would take photos like on my little, you know, the tiny digital cameras. Little point and shoots that like don't exist anymore. Totally. Mostly (laughs) just selfies. Like I like documenting who was at an event. 
Yeah. I was very social. Loved going places. And I would just take like the weirdest pictures of people doing their thing. Lots of group selfies. And so it wasn't really about the art or creativity. It was just like... I was here. And it was right when Facebook was coming out. So mm-hmm. I think I resisted getting Facebook until the end of my senior year. But yeah, my first pictures were like, group of people at this high school party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so same. I had intended to try and learn to speak the language when I was visiting my family, Arabic. Um, that was on my like bucket list. But then I ended up getting this really bad heat rash from the sun. Oh, no. And I was just itchy and irritable. And so I ended up just having to like figure out how to be alone for the first time in my life because I was always so social. I was working and then after work, I was visiting this friend and that friend. And so it was hard to be at a table with people and have a joke being told down the table and then have someone translate it to me and just feel like and just feel like I was pulling them away from the conversation. So mm. at 18, I learned how to be alone for the first time <laughs> in a new country uh-huh. with wow. my camera. So I would just go around and do like the little green square, which is auto and take pictures of rocks or chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at my cousin's wedding, I took the camera, which is totally something that I don't think is a good thing to do. I think you should just enjoy a wedding and not take pictures of your guests. But I had a lot of fun. And at the time, I edited on a website called Picnic, which oh, is like yeah. super heavy filters. <laughs> kind of like Instagram filters, but more. And I would put like... But worse. Cut out <laughs> shapes. Yeah. Put quotes over the picture. Yes. Do selective color. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Oh, what a time to be alive when we were learning photography. It's totally. <laughs> so funny. So I, would, I came home from the wedding and like made these crazy edits and people loved them and I loved it. And I got... One of my favorite pictures from that day was... The photographers were these two old men and they were just kind of like standing there with their hands on their hips, like looking tired while some action was still happening. Like the the couple was hugging their friends and family and like, I just thought it was so beautiful. So I'm like, I can do better than them. (laughs) But I still wasn't pursuing photography at that time. I was just like, this is something cool to do and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I didn't really see a path for how to get there or desire one. And so I took a gap year between high school and college and I lived in Amsterdam as a nanny for a family from Ohio. That's amazing. Um, so cool. And they were really loved by their people here. They you know, left behind grandparents and a lot of friends. And so I just had that same Canon 40D and documented our day-to-day life with the three kids and would kind of just post a little sentence about our day. Like, today we rode bikes to the market and today I tried skateboarding or different things like that. <laughs> And I would share a picture of the kids and people were just so overwhelmingly affirming about that and grateful for the updates because, you know, a lot of people aren't good at keeping the world updated with their life. And this is before Instagram and it was a little bit more work to post on Facebook at that time. Yeah. So yeah, I just enjoyed life with them and felt like... I was really grateful to have that experience and not jump straight into college. I definitely wasn't ready. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And you'll hear, spoiler alert, I still didn't for the next several years (laughs) when I did go. I'm still Mm. figuring it out. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's wild to think that any of us at 18 are supposed to know know what we want to do with our lives. And it's, it's like bonkers to me because I first picked up a camera when I was 14 and I still, I vividly remember the first time really like holding it. It was an old film camera, Nikon of my dad's. And so it had that really great feeling of like advancing the film. And that really great pull that you got when you flipped that lever. And like, oh, it's just still such a like visceral memory for me. But the fact that I decided that I I did that in high school and decided when I was a senior that I was going to go to art school and like be a photographer is fucking wild because I quit everything <laughs> forever before that. So it's it's crazy to think about that we expect teenagers to know what they want. Totally. But you did life. know. Well, I did, but that was, I mean, it's kind of a fluke. <laughs> it was the only thing I've ever been sure of. And like my path has obviously changed a bazillion times within photography. Yeah. And I question, mm-hmm. I've questioned it a bunch, but yeah, it's, it's wild to think about that. So I've always thought that taking a gap year is such a great idea to like clear your head and like experience the world a little bit. And it sounds like you had such an amazing experience. And like, yeah, I I mean, I'm super jealous. <laughs> yeah, there were so many things about that year. 
It was my first time living under the same roof as like a married couple because my parents divorced when I was so young. Yeah. Um, it was, I'm an only child. So it was just great to have that whole like family experience. Mm. Before that, I had like done mission trips back in high school and thought that I wanted to be a missionary or do community development and, and or do something like economic development in a different country. But as I did college visits, mostly at Christian colleges, because I was raised in kind of a Christian bubble, I saw the costs associated with those and the fact that they were not well-paying jobs to be a missionary, <laughs> like fundraising. And I was like, very practical. I didn't want to go into debt, of at least a lot of debt for school. Um, and so having that gap year gave me the chance to like experience a new culture and meet people that were super different than me. I also, there is a lot of things I feel like I didn't learn at home. Yeah. Um, and that year I learned how to like cook and really start to enjoy cleaning and just ending the day well with a clean sink, which <laughs> I'm That's so a huge with. lesson to learn. Yeah, <laughs> it was huge. fun. I learned to budget. I had like, I think 30 euro a day to feed the family of six, like three meals a day. So now I'm just like really impressed with all of those skills that came into play with feeding people. Yeah. And I had fun. I, I used the internet a lot to learn things. Their 10-year-old Connor, who's now 20 something. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. He wanted Panera's um, broccoli cheese soup. And oh. so I had to, there was no American cheese for sale in the grocery stores in Amsterdam. So I had to figure out like, What's the closest and how to... So it's just really a nice challenge. So funny. And to this day, I love soup. cooking for people. And like the more people that are just so happy and affirming after I feed them, the better I feel. So like I'll invite friends over for dinner because I'm just like, yes. And I remember one day, um, the dad, Eric, he laid across the chairs at the table and like rubbed his belly and was just like so happy with the chili that I made. Yes. And that made me just feel so good about myself. Yeah. Nothing has ever beat that. And I, I feel that. like photography can do that too. Like watching people see what I've made with them. Oh, that's so cool. Gives yes. me that same sort of feeling of like purpose and joy and yeah, reason for what I do. Mm. Uh, I think I love that. I think they both are so connected. It's like a feeding, feeding people love. It's, it's such, yes. Now that I'm thinking of it, like my <laughs> brain is working through it as we speak. But I love thinking about it all just is connecting these very human moments and feelings and like connection. I feel like I'm like a connection junkie. I've like, I came up with that phrase within the last few days and I was like, this feels right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Definitely. And it's so cool because with food, that's what food should be. Yeah. Food should, should get to be this like beautiful, pleasurable, wonderful experience of bringing people together, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and that dates way back to like breaking bread, right? But it was the, this symbolic thing of let's come together, let's share a meal together. And it is this beautiful way to get to know people, to have that quality time. And food is awesome. And yeah. food gets to be awesome and cooking. And it is a labor of love. Mm -hmm. Like growing up, like I mean, my mom always loved cooking. We were just, just on a, a family vacation together and we cooked all the meals at the at the house. And so we each like took turns every night. And it was so fun. And we ate so well. And it was just so wonderful. And it was like each couple, because it was like my sister and her husband, my mom and dad, and then Alex and me, we all like really took pride in like the meal that we put together for them. And it was just so lovely. And and that's that's the experience I wish everyone got to have with food, mm -hmm. you know? And it, and it kills me that diet culture ruins it for so many, you know, where things like guilt are associated with food instead of gratitude, especially, wow, how lucky we are to be food secure mm -hmm. and to have the privilege of having access to food yeah. and all different foods and having the time to cook and all these things that are just like, wow, that's so lucky. Mm -hmm. And it just kills me that diet culture ruins that for, for so many. Yeah. Oh. Hospitality is definitely like in my blood. And as a kid, my mom is not a good housekeeper, never has been, never will be, <laughs> has like a million books about simplicity and like so desires that and loves when someone cleans for her at times. She's also very protective about making sure you don't throw away important things. <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid, I remember like changing up the house, got rid of our TV to make it more conducive to like sitting in conversation and... As a really young kid, she'll tell me stories about um, showing, like cooking her breakfast in bed or showing up 
at a little group event with a fruit tray that I made. It's like a four-year-old. That's so cute. I was actually talking to Adam about this in the car today. And I was just like, oh my gosh, as a parent, how am I going to like trust my kid to use the stove? It sounds so scary. (laughs) Like there's so many steps between where kids are now to that. But I'm just like, I hope I'll give my kid the freedom to do that. My mom was amazing at other things. And she definitely made room for the gifts that I had. And she took off work one time because I planned a camp for five-year-olds when I was 10 or 11. And I planned out the meals. I planned out all the activities. So she had to be there to like oversee everything. Um, So she did that year after year, took off three days of work so that I could have my little camp five. That's amazing. Camp five. That's so cute. Yeah. There was four or five kids that were five and we did it for three or four years in a row. And it was fun. We'd like make t-shirts and all sorts of things. Like that's always who I've been. I've always been about people and activities and joy. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful that she was someone that allowed me to express myself in these like weird, oddly grown up and like mature ways as a young kid. <laughs> yeah. But also she's all about fun. Um, so she made sure that she worked part time so that we could go to Windout Lake, which is now Zimbuzi Bay. And we oh did that like, every Wind week <laughs> and did fun things at the library and festivals. So... Yeah, it was a it was a good life together. Oh, I so love cool. that. So then, how did all that progress to the big photography? You know, yeah. So, um, you know, the year that I spent in Amsterdam was amazing, and I came home, went back to working at my dad's restaurant, which was good. It was socially fulfilling. It was really good money. It was nice to be working for a family business, but there were bits of it that were also toxic that I knew that I needed to leave for those reasons. At that time, I took over creating the schedule so that I could make sure and be off for photo shoot days because people would start to ask me, hey, will you take our family's photos? And I realized I could make X amount working at the restaurant for six or seven hours, or I could make that in a one-hour photo shoot. So I started to leverage them. (laughs) Yes. And eventually, I was living with this great group of girls, women. I was the youngest, but I was also like... I never lived in a dorm, but I felt like the RA of our house, like (laughs) (laughs) planning friend nights and stuff like that with the house. And we actually, there was another house. We were in the Ayuka Ravine, which is over there in North Campus. Mm -hmm. And there was another house of guys that lived um, just around the corner. And we once did a cooking competition with them where we had like a five course meal. We had to pick a country for them to cook um, the cuisine of. And they picked one for us. I remember one of us did Russia. I forget if we had the the boys cook (laughs) Russian food or they did (laughs) us, but it was so fun. And yeah, a lot of good food memories. There's other friends, Chelsea, who was on your podcast a couple months ago. Her husband, Mike, lived in the house for a while. And we were really into dumpster diving at the time. So we would just Mm -hmm. go and find this like free produce and then come home and cook together. (laughs) It was so fun. (laughs) It's amazing. Anyway, back to... So the frugality is also a theme in my life, I guess. (laughs) Um, So after that, I started photographing mostly families. And the photos are pretty... They're so like full of life and love. But from a technical standpoint, they're definitely not as good as my photos now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I just visited my friend, Betsy, who lives in Florida now. She was one of my first clients. And about 10 years ago. And she has this awesome picture taken with a fisheye lens. So like Mm. super distorting and (laughs) just interesting stylistically. (laughs) Um, But it's still meaningful to her. And I love that. And it's it's awesome. One of the best feelings is getting to photograph the same families over a span of a lifetime. You'll always be photographing me. My family. (laughs) Yeah. So... I have these friends, Rebecca and Teddy, who were having a super low budget wedding that was like a chili potluck. And they sent out a recipe for half of the people to bring chili and half the people to bring these like Oreo truffles that were amazing. And their whole wedding budget was about what I charge to photograph a wedding now. Yeah. And so I did photo and video for their wedding and hired two assistants. And got paid three hundred dollars for all of it, but it was so fun and oh worth every penny. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. And yeah, so that's where I started. And because I think they're just like such a loved couple and like so so interesting and beautiful and kind of like 
early trendsetters of the whole like DIY wedding and Mm -hmm. non-matching bridesmaids dresses. And Mm -hmm. they had a winter wedding. I definitely slipped on ice and fell on my butt during it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) They had the most beautiful vows and they climbed up into a tree. Rebecca wore her mother's wedding dress from like decades earlier. Yeah, it was a beautiful wedding. And I'm pretty sure they are the reason that my business had the trajectory that it did with just really cool people. I think people have always been attracted to my work because they look at the photos and really taking a photo isn't that hard, but like being connected with people that are like living. Let's see. How do I want to say this? Being connected with people that are living just an authentic way or Mm. planning an event that's less what you see in a magazine and more just who they are. Like when you walk into their home, like, what is their vibe? How are they going to incorporate like their decor from their house into their day? Yeah. I think that kind of translates to my type of client and a lot of creative people that were just making things and having fun with it. Um, just their fingerprints all over the day. So for the next seven, eight years, I did a lot of weddings. And I do think that things changed um, in the early days when the prices were lower and the people were just like so grateful. Um, I got a lot more feedback. And then as I sort of like built it up, started working with people that were paying more and they were, I think it kind of translated to less communication. I was just more of a vendor and less of like a friend there. Yeah. And it became a little bit less fulfilling, just mm. not always knowing like, being nervous, like what do they think about their photos? Mm. But I kind of fixed that by having people over to my house as much as possible to see their wedding photos, just to see their reaction. Because I do believe that most of the people like loved their photos and were moved by them. But it's sometimes you can't find the time to like write out an email and like share that feeling. But for me, it drives everything I do. So I'm like, I need that. Maybe it's a flaw that I need that affirmation or like just... reinforcement that what I'm doing is important to people. Yeah. But yeah, so I would force people to come to my house, make them a little like snack tray. And watch them relive their day and like get to see their tears. Tears are like the most meaningful currency to me. Back when I was in Amsterdam, the grandparents were like, this little video you made made me cry. And I'd be like, yes. That's (laughs) all I care about. If I make you cry... I won. I won. Like that's, I did my I, job. That's how I feel about my cycle <laughs> classes. People will cry. And oh I'm my like, gosh. yes, I did it right. Well, actually, I'm like, you did it right because you were like really invested in my class. I feel the same way if if a, a woman cries during her goddess session. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially after, yeah, I, I don't think it's a flaw at all to want to feel that because it is like, especially capturing these really beautiful moments. You have such an amazing way of connecting with Mm -hmm. humans. Like Mm -hmm. people are why I got into photography. And I think we probably are very similar to this where we just like love humanity and we love seeing people alive. And you have such a beautiful way of capturing that. And so getting to see the, the people that you've caught in these beautiful moments, like reliving them, I mean, it's the fucking best. <laughs> like, it's just the best feeling. Of course you want to like see that. And I I think about that too. I send my galleries out because I'm like, especially now it's hard to see people again. But it's something that I'm like, I, I want to build that in because I have had a few times where I've like gone through the photos with the client. And it's such an amazing experience to get mm-hmm. to see that person like, experience the photos for the first time. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you were the recipient of that when I made the video for the Sisterhood Project. I was like, let's invite everyone back to your house. We'll watch the video together. And it just meant so much to see a few people Um, react to it. I cried. Thank you. You're an A plus. (laughs) But it's true. Yeah. So if you all never saw the video, I need you to just stop, pause the podcast, go to Instagram and watch this amazing video that Rachel made for me of one of my sisterhood shoots mm. last fall. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. You captured the energy of that day. And the video of our pool party. And the video of our pool party. Rachel did an insanely oh. beautiful video. Maple, you have to stop heavy breathing into my <laughs> mic. <laughs> Rachel did an insanely beautiful video of our pool party. And you could 
you could feel both of those days in those videos. And I still go back and watch them all the time mm-hmm. because it's just such a special... The energy they bring. It's such a special thing to be able to have to like seriously transport me right back to those days. And yeah, so the sisterhood one, you were like, let's have everyone over and watch it together. And it was such an amazing day to be back with these women who were oh, a part so of a part of the shoot. Many of them, I had never met them before. And so then they're back. Everybody piled into my living room and we watched the video that you made. I think we watched it a couple of times. I have chills <laughs> just thinking about that day again. But also it's so much like a wedding. It's like this huge experience with people that you love and then it's over. And there's yeah. something that feels unwrapped about the end that just, it needs some closure. So I find that sharing things in real life bring the closure. I remember when I got my wedding photos, I got an email that they were in a Dropbox and I ran to the computer and looked at them really quick. I was on my way out the door and I think that that delivery just kind of changed something in me where I'm like, I don't want people to see their photos like this. Mm, I know that my mom, she's a nurse. She's told me about friends that have gotten the links to their wedding photos while they're at work. Scroll through them start hating on themselves, picking themselves apart. Yeah. And like, if you were sitting yeah. on the couch snuggled up with the person that you love, yeah. do you think you could say those things about yourself? Because yeah. it's so different. Yeah. Yes. Tell me what you're thinking. Which leads to, and, and this, I really wanted to have this conversation on the pod with you because that, that, that experience, right, of seeing photos and like picking ourselves apart. And I know I've talked to so many clients who, especially a especially for a big event like a wedding, especially for those. Even mm-hmm. if they're just guests though at weddings, this comes up. Where you're at an event where, where you know that there are going to be photos taken and there is this like super high level of anxiety about the photos yeah, and what will look like in the photos. And it's so... And that used to be me too. I mean, I would see a photo and the first thing I would do would be like critique myself. Like, oh God, oh God, it's horrible or whatever. And it's so sad to me now because I cherish photos so much. I mean, think about, for instance, when you get to get a glimpse at photos from your parents or your grandparents. And, and of course, photos from our grandparents are really rare because mm-hmm. photos were not as as common as they are now. But how lucky, right, to have those glimpses into the life of people that we loved and to be able to look back and that moment and to capture moments. And now I know like I'll create um, a little picture book at the end of every year, just digitally. It's super easy. Just so I can kind of capture the photos of like moments from the the, the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's so special to go back and be like, oh my gosh, like this photo, remember like that time, that joke or whatever. And they capture that. Let alone for a wedding, right? When you're capturing this beautiful event. And and so I would love, I don't know, I, I think it's a really important conversation to talk about switching the reason why we take photos from capturing how we look to capturing who we're being and what we're experiencing. I love that. So one year after our wedding, we decided that every year around our anniversary, we're going to do a session just to using a different photographer friend every year because we do know so many and love so many. And those have become my most cherished items. Um, I'm like you. I make an album every year, usually just from this one session because the years that I try to incorporate all of my other photos, the book becomes like like 200 pages and thousands of photos. So... (laughs) I I think it's good to be in front of the camera as a photographer. It's always helpful. You always learn something about how you can make the experience a little bit more comfortable, Mm. a little bit more cozy, warm. I don't know what the right word is for your clients. And I also don't like to focus on appearance and clothing. So I'm not typically someone that has an outfit planned out before a session. On these anniversary sessions, we come as we are. We wear the clothes that we've been wearing most commonly. I feel like occasionally when I have some new dress, I'm like, I'm going to wait for a photo session to wear this. Like it just doesn't fit right or I feel less comfortable. So I try and wear clothes that are loved and worn and are my normal day-to-day. And I remember for our first year, like my hair is so greasy in the photos and Adam's hair is always (laughs) greasy. So that's not uncommon. But yeah, we're just like happy, still kind of newlyweds a year in with these 
animals. And <laughs> so we did that year after year, always at our house. It's always like super hot. Our anniversary is September 1st. So it's like the oh, yeah. hottest oh, part my of God. summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we love looking back at these photos. We see how our kitchen has changed. We have a new table or a new kitchen island or, oh, I love that mug. I haven't thought about it for years because it broke. Things like that. Yeah. We have different artifacts of our life that show up in the photos as well as how we've changed. It's so fun to see how we've changed. And sometimes I'll realize like, oh, I was wearing that dress two years ago and I'm, I still love it. That's so fun. But then there will be other things like we will sometimes read a letter that we've written each other or... For our wedding, we had guests write us letters and sometimes we'll pull those out and like have a moment of just reflection on our life with those words because I think words and and those moments go really hand in hand. Yeah, so that was five years ago that we had our first anniversary session and it helped me to realize the desire for people to be in their element. It's hard Mm -hmm. when you're paying a lot of money for something to feel like it's acceptable to show up as you are. Mm -hmm. You feel like, you know, I need to get my hair done or I need nice outfits and we all have to wear linen and look like we're the happiest family. (laughs) You know, there's that sort of pressure. Yes, yeah. But for for the handfuls of people that are able to allow their house to be messy and their kids to be not on their like happy, joyous behavior, you know, just be themselves. There's a level of truth and honesty in those photos that Mm -hmm. are like none other. And something I've learned in my year and a half of documenting our kids um, are just capturing the full range of emotions is so important and beautiful. So um, we're foster parents and we've had our current oldest little guy since he was two days old. And because we don't know what the future holds, if, if he would be with us when he turned one, we decided to celebrate his half birthday. So last June, we had that. a birthday party. Our birthdays are both in December, really close to each other. And I've always been someone that wished I had like a summer birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ice skating every year now. <laughs> so I made this like home video of his life. And there's beautiful scenes where he's just crying or spitting up. And it's just the whole gamut of emotions and the life of someone with a newborn. There's also the story of our pets in there. Just our (laughs) pets changed out there. We lost a cat during that year. And you'll see Adam bearing the cat. And it's not super obvious what's happening. Sometimes when we share the video with people like, they have no idea what's going on. I think <laughs> we watched the video the day that we also watched the sisterhood video. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So I'm all about that sort of like honesty and babies yeah. crying is totally fine. I'm not going to stop shooting. It might be a little bit uncomfortable for you if you're a mom and your kid is crying for me to be there. But I just think it's so important that you see how you've comforted your child. You know, you can yeah. look back and see like, this is what it looks like when my kid scrapes it's, scrapes their knee and needs a little a little extra love in. That's yeah. just beautiful. So I'm all about that. I love photographing families in their homes, just in a comfortable space. The more that I've tried to become as honest as possible in photography, I've realized that showing up to a pretty place that has no meaning to a family or a couple on their wedding day isn't necessarily the way I want to spend the time. So I would much rather go on a walk in a place that your family goes for walks than take you to a place with like really cool flowers and bloom. Like those pictures, they're both going to be good, but they're going to be good in different ways. I'm thinking back to like our engagement photos. Yeah. Because we walked around our neighborhood, which was to the short north. I went to Goodell Park, which is like where Alex and I first hit it off, like way back when. (laughs) And it is so special because it's like that park has so much meaning to us. Mm-hmm. And then we did box in this note where we always love to go and get, you know, pastries and what. And it is so special when you're able to be in those spaces where you're like, yes, this is like, this is our place. This is where we live our lives. This is who we are, is a part of the location, not just the, the people in the picture. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's not about a performance. You don't have to feel like you're, you need to be something different than just who you are for me. And that's been like a super freeing thing just to accept that and try and like share that and try Mm -hmm. and only share photos on my account that are sort of like 
showing that honesty. Yes, we're going to take a few of your family where you're all looking at the camera, <laughs> but that's not what you're hiring me for. You're hiring yeah. me for like all those other moments. Yes. Yeah. So it's been a really interesting journey of like kind of transitioning into doing a lot more family portraits. I wouldn't even call them portraits. Family sessions. Yeah. And because I love video so much, like I guess my dream job, I realized earlier, probably late February of this year, right before the COVID stuff happened, I was making a video for my sister-in-law, for for my niece, Leah, for her first birthday. Very similar to what I made for my kid for his half birthday. And it was just a home video of all of these moments. And I realized, hmm, I have some things like some pointers that I love to give people for like how to document their own family better. And I realized that I'm not necessarily the right person to be in there capturing like, really? what There's magic that happens under your roof that no outside person can get. Yeah. You just have to figure out how do I, how do I see my family? What do I love about them? And how can I try and capture that in a way that only I can? So I had a really cool mentor session with um, a mom who shared these details about her kids and I challenged her to find ways to capture them. So I'm really excited to like touch base with her and see That's, how she's doing. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Just physical things, emotional things. Yeah. There's just all of these things that can happen in inside of your house. It could be people without kids too. Just like, I love the way my partner does this thing or my dog always lays this way. But whenever someone else is around, it doesn't happen. So like you have to be <laughs> the one that captures it and just, keeping your eyes out for it. I think there's like a fine line between having your... And I do I do all of my personal photos on my phone. But I think there's a fine line between over-documenting and like not being present and just showing too much instead of living enough. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to not be prioritizing taking the picture versus being there with your people mm. and like enjoying their presence. Yeah. Mm. So that's hard. <laughs> There's so much There's in there. There's so much in there that I want to talk about. <laughs> I I totally agree. I I love this idea because I think it's so... It's maybe really counter to what so many people think about photos. Hence why there's so much stress around photos. Because they think, oh, the photo has to be this perfect shot. Mm-hmm. Everyone smiling, everyone looking this way, like it has to be this like thing versus what you were saying of the real, the most beautiful photos are, are typically the ones that, that really show the truth yeah. and, and different emotions and a screaming baby or, you know, was scraping your knee and it's showing these moments and because and those moments are showing humanity, right? And they're showing the breath and the range of experience. And they are focused then on experience or what you were just saying in terms of the mentoring with this mom of, of what it is she loves about each of her kids or the people in her family. And how do you capture that bit of their personality and who they are? And none of this is about, oh, let's make sure you're smiling in this way and at this angle and like look this certain way. None, yeah. of, none of it's actually about how you look. Because what matters, the very least, the stuff that I always say in this podcast is how we look is the least important thing about us. Mm-hmm. But, and this is where photography is so powerful because when you really do good photography, it's about capturing who we are yeah. and the feelings and the, and the moments and the breath of our lives. Okay, I want you to close your eyes for a second okay. and imagine it's a wedding day and there's... A mother and daughter, and I'm picturing like you and your mom, Julie, (laughs) in this room, getting ready together, just enjoying this experience of a passage of time. You know, something is changing. Imagine that mother and daughter connecting with joy and just intention and looking forward to the day ahead and just all that's going to transpire. And then imagine... I'm the photographer and I come and I interrupt that and I ask you to recreate something or turn three times or put your hands on this button. Like I just have so much potential to ruin things and I have ruined them. I've ruined moments in my job as a photographer 
because I thought that the picture was more important than allowing space for real emotions. Mm. So that's sort of... I had a tear. <laughs> I Yeah. I Dripped down as you were describing like the first... I was like... <laughs> It's so true. It's it's about the moment. It's not about creating the perfect shot. It's about capturing the moment. And I don't blame myself. Like I can't have shame for the years that I did that because I know better now and I know mm-hmm. that Yeah, absolutely. What, yeah. Yeah, I think the expectation that I projected that was of me was that I need to provide this picture instead of just mm. going into the day with a curiosity for what is to unfold. And I've been blessed to like be trained by some amazing photographers that have gone through this journey before me and shared what they've learned and allowed me to learn from them. Um, And just, yeah, the change of heart and soul in that. Mm. It's it's so important to have the change of heart and soul, right? Yeah. I just, I, I love so much like your philosophy of seeing the beauty in the ordinary moments and not like not seeing getting your photo taken as an occasion, but more so something that should be a part of your life. And that we're, I mean, that's how I've always seen it. I'm like, photography, the right photograph can tell you so much about a person and you can see and hear and feel the moment that they're in when you look at it. And that's what I've always loved so much about it. And it's interesting when you do shoot things that are like weddings or like family photos where the family's like getting dressed up and like doing these things. And for me, goddess sessions are obviously like a very unique situation. But I'm still like, I'm here to see you. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you feel the most like you with your hair and makeup done or if you show up with no makeup on, whatever. I'm like, I want to see you. I want to see exactly who you feel like you you want to celebrate yourself as. And it's that's such a beautiful thing for me is getting to see how everybody shows up differently for mm-hmm. that. And I just, I, I do feel like it, it's hard because obviously like when you want to hire a professional, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. So investing in a professional is a, I mean, obviously we think is a very important thing, mm-hmm. but it, I can like, <laughs> just from not being a photographer, I so agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It, and it is an investment in yourself and in your family and in your life. But then you have these mementos that like, I'm, I think that fo- like photographs make the best gifts, like frame mm. photographs are meant to be printed and framed and mm. hung in your house and given to people that you love. Like I gave Julie a photo that you took of the two of us from the pool party for Christmas. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is a photo. There's <laughs> one of you and Al. That <laughs> was taken by taken Rachel. By Rachel. <laughs> Julie gets a, a gold star for printing photos. That's a big part of photography. I need to show you my book. Yes. After later. this. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that it's getting this better understanding of how professional photography is something that is for all of us to be able to capture the beauty of our lives and like, I fucking love a photo of a crying kid. Like, I think it's so important because I don't do that many family sessions, but I've never done one where a kid didn't break down. Mm. (laughs) And that's part of it. And like seeing a mother soothe her child is beautiful and incredible. And all of these things that like we... I just want people, all of us, to sort of break down this idea that we've built about getting our photo taken as something that we need to prepare ourselves for or perfect ourselves for. Mm -hmm. And instead, understand that like, this is a way to remember us for the people who love us to remember us and Mm -hmm. like moments in time that it's just, it's a way to capture magic, not Mm -hmm. just, you know. Something that's been really like healing for me and photographing families is being so old now, I'm 30. I can hardly remember what it was like to be a kid. And so just watching other parents love their kids. Uh, There is this one speaker. um, The Family Narrative is a workshop that I've attended since its existence. I think, forget if it's three years or four years, but I'm the only person that's gone to all of them that have happened in the States. (laughs) (laughs) And there was this one speaker, his name is Reg Campbell, and he had just the most love I've ever seen for his child. And 
Okay, so we get to this conference. Everything's like, not everything, but a lot of a lot of it's very like woo-woo and like people are crying really early. It takes a lot to make me cry. I'll cry at really random like helping people scenes in movies, but I, I'm not the typical cry at the drop of a hat type of person. Mm-hmm. But he shared just his love for his daughter and his wife. And it just helped me like imagine what my dad thought about me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. So now when I'm watching families interact with each other, I'm taking a little bit of that for myself and just like the idea that hopefully these these pictures will last and be accessible for these kids so that someday when they're angsty teenagers or grownups who maybe parents are not around anymore, they have some evidence of this love that was given to them Mm. so freely. And yeah, it's just so important. So a lot of times when I'm creating, I create for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget who it is, but definitely whenever I've made, you know, a first birthday party video or something, and I hear from a parent that their kid wants to watch and they request it all the time. I'm like, that is just the most wonderful feeling knowing that this little five-year-old is watching the video from when they turned one on repeat three times a day. Like nothing <laughs> so could make cute. me feel better. I love than that. Oh. And so last year when I made the our first episode of the Burrell home video, I just imagine that as our kids grow and some of them are going to leave our house because we're foster parents, like hopefully the video will stay with them and they'll have a glimpse of a part of their life that they've forgotten about. Oh, so. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I'll say that when I'm making my albums every year, like there's definitely pictures where I'm like, I don't look that cute in that picture. Like I hate this picture of me, but someone else in the picture looks amazing. And I try to just get through it and print it. And like as time goes, you can hopefully look back on pictures of yourself that you were more judgmental about yeah, and appreciate your body, your soul, everything you are. Mm. And just that time of your life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've told clients in the past who, you know, have been getting getting ready for big events and they're, you know, nervous and stressful or stressed out about the idea of photos and I said, "Okay, like what what your work is is to as you're as you're getting ready for this day." And I and I would do like an eyes closed kind of like visualization visualization exercise with them of having them really really imagine and visualize who they want to be and the experience they want to have on that day. Yeah. And where do they want their attention to be, you know? So if it's a wedding guest, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to like be, have, be having the best time dancing the the night away, celebrating my best friend's love. Or if it's, it's the bride, it's, I want to be fully present on my wedding day in that. Like when you were saying like, it's this moment where time is changing, I mean, that's exactly. I was brought right back to the room in the West End with my mom, and 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 I feel so grateful that I have done the work I've done on my own self to be able to have that experience of being fully present. And being fully present means I'm not worried about you know how I'm looking or how I'm smiling or how my body is. It's, it's like I'm being fully there with the people in that moment, and so it's. It's really getting, you know, the client or the person is like, who do you want to be and what experience do you want to have? And and have them like really step into that. I've, I've had so many clients do that. And I'm like, listen, because then you're worried about photos. If you're having the time of your life, those photos are going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. Period, right? If you are just like so there and being yourself and just fully engaged, don't don't worry, the photos will be amazing because because that's who you're being. If we're stressed out and we're, and we're in our heads and we're like, oh God, <laughs> and, you know, and so self-conscious, then they're probably not going to be good photos because you're so in your head about it. Yeah. Versus just like fully being and experiencing and the photos are captured and it captures this light and it captures this energy. Okay, imagine you're a kid in the car Heading to your photo shoot at Sharon Woods or some park. <laughs> oh, I love Sharon Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and mom and dad have your little outfit picked out. It's so cute. Perfect little buttons. <laughs> but you want to wear your Superman cape. I don't know. Something yes! like that. Mm-hmm. It can be hard to 
change the track from what you envisioned of the day for, as a parent, for sure. Some parents are going to be like, okay, you're going to wear this either way. We're going to have tantrums. And maybe another parent is like, hey, what the hell? You're going to wear this. This is what you live in right now. It's going to break your heart to take it off. So <laughs> we're going to look nice in our like kind of more fancy clothes. And you're going to have on this like shiny blue and red and yellow like outfit that you love. I love this yes. so much. Like, what does it matter? Like, your Christmas card is going to be so different and cute and memorable if you have more than half the family wearing their fancy clothes and then one kid wearing... (laughs) Like, it doesn't really matter that much. It is kind of nice to give people space, and kids are people, to make a mess and not worry about getting their clothes dirty and all that. Like, there's a line. I, I haven't been a parent long enough to decide, like, what my stance is on how I'll have my kids dress for a shoot (laughs) with our first (laughs) girls that stayed with us for a month. Um, One of my friends took some photos and we all had on so many prints and like colors and the photos are really fun. It's totally like (laughs) not, it doesn't make fashion sense, but they're really special and beautiful. And um, our oldest was really into wearing like this fox hat and it was just perfect. Yeah. So there are rules that are meant to be broken and just grace for people to wander off, get a little dirty, maybe not keep their fancy shoes on and play in the mud. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so what it is, is like having grace for people to live and to be who they are. And especially in a family setting, like, I mean, everybody's got a kid who like wants to wear the same princess dress every day for a year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's probably me. I can't remember. But that was <laughs> definitely probably me. I, I mean... asked my mom for a uniform. I was homeschooled in kindergarten <laughs> so and funny. I was like, mom, I just want a uniform so much. So she picked out this one like denim jumper and made me wear it every day. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, and that's then hilarious. I went to school with uniforms for 12 years after that. I love I having love a that. uniform. It's something that I, I did. I actually, so easy. Mm-hmm. I didn't wear a uniform ever. I went to public school, but like as an adult, I sort of have like a uniform. Like Mm -hmm. when I work, I wear like leggings and a crop top and I pretty much wear that every day of my life. Mm -hmm. And I've heard like adults, a lot of creative adults sort of create a uniform for themselves because it's like something that we don't have to think about. And like we're focused on other things. I heard that and I chose to believe it because I Mm -hmm. basically have a uniform. (laughs) Yeah, less decision fatigue. You're putting your mind to like more important things. I'm like all my clothes are black so they all match. Like I don't ever have to think about it. If you love something, buy four of them. Yes. If you love something, buy four. (laughs) It's so true. I like too because I'm like, it's one thing. It's comfy. I yeah, it's a single on, piece. Done. And you and my fr- my friend Sam always would say that like she'd show up to things and I'd be like, "You look so cute." And she's like, "It's one. It's a dress. I picked one thing." Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It took no nothing bell, from me. No, like, yeah, it's so easy. I had one mom show up for a photo shoot and she said that she was like all kind of like dressed up and made up at like right before they left for the mini session. She like wiped off all of her makeup because she just wanted to look the way that she always did for her kid. <sighs> And I love that. I, I love, love that, that so much. I think that's such a such a huge thing is like letting ourselves be seen. That's mm. a big piece of what I do and what I believe in. Like, and seeing myself too. I, photography obviously has been a thing that has been a part of my life since I was very young, but I never really turned the camera on myself until the past few years. And that's really where like, I mean, everything I do now is because of that. But it's been amazing to see the transformation of like photos of me taken like with my friends five years ago where it's like I'm doing the like elbow arm thing Mm -hmm. and like everything, everybody's standing there perfectly versus now I take photos of myself that are like messy and I'm in it because I want to feel good and like all this stuff. And I obviously like share my body through that and it's very empowering for me. But also like even in photos that are taken when I'm like out with friends or family, I'm never like worried about what I'm going to look like in it. Julie, you were talking about like, if you are thinking about how you want to feel on these days, we don't usually see ourselves how other people see us. You know, like we look in the mirror, we see ourselves in windows reflecting back, but we don't always see ourselves like lit up 
alive, dancing, laughing, being in these beautiful moments with our family and our friends. And I think that's what's so powerful about photography is that if we as people can allow ourselves to just embrace being alive in these moments when there's a camera there and not fucking worry about it, then we're going to get to really see our truth. And that's what it's about. That's really what it boils down to is like, life is big and messy and beautiful and it deserves to be captured. So we shouldn't sort of like pose ourselves away from it. Yeah, something that I do and anyone else who's listening that takes photos or even if you're not a photographer, this is great for all people. Um, When I'm taking photos of a group of people, the majority of the photo session, even if it's a 10-minute mini session, is going through each person and everyone getting to affirm them and tell them something they love about them and just the reaction. Like, I don't want you all looking at me like, you listen to these words, like this is going to be what you're going to walk away with. This is going to be the most important part of this session more than the photos I'm going to deliver is hearing your parent tell you something that they love about you. Hearing them say that you're so patient and you're so good with your baby sister or a child saying to their let's 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 up the ages. It could be like, you know, a 50-year-old talking to their 75-year-old parent telling them something they love. They need to hear it just as much as the children. So we go through, everyone gets to hear the love. Um the best thing, <laughs> best and worst, toddlers or little kids. <laughs> what do you love about mom? Mm, her the food she makes or <laughs> Her hair. Like it's just it's usually so not like, very she deep. makes me mac and cheese. That's yeah. So funny. I like when she gives me blueberries. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's so cool. So like if you're getting your photo taken yeah. and you wanna just try and like, you know, ground yourself, be present, whether or not the photographer tells you this, you look at the people that you're with and you can like affirm them and tell them things you love about them. Love you know, that. I want the I want when you look at the photos, the prompt to be that you're loved and not like think about this really you know sometimes there's a there's a time to make jokes and like walk people through a silly thing to get reactions but the loving reactions of just the truth of family and what people see in each other is my highest point of a session oh i love that so much that is so beautiful. I hardly ever photograph people by themselves. Like that scares me so much because I'm just like, <laughs> it's all about the interaction for me. So like the work that you do, Steph, I'm like, I could not do that. That's a lot of conversation probably <laughs> with you and that person. Yeah. So I take, I take a lot of the work off of myself and put it on them to talk to each other. You know, like share this sort of like reflection together or, you know, if we're standing in front of your house, what's the memory you've had here? Just to have yeah. their wheels turning and their facial expression and sometimes they're going to cry thinking about things too and that's fine too but yeah I I make them do all the work I love that and I am the complete opposite I'm like I love taking photos of like women by themselves because we do so much of that like affirming ourselves in that space and it is a conversation between me and them and then I'm like oh how do I take photos of like groups of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's funny that we have like the opposite thing. But I love that of having it be... I always say it's like, it's a conversation with a camera in between for Mm -hmm. me and my clients. And it's beautiful to hear you be like, no, for them, it's a conversation. Yeah. I don't think of what I do as like art. Like I think of it as co-creation, typically co-creation when it's like, you know, you're doing your work of letting me in. I'm doing my work of like keeping you comfortable and just being a calming presence But there's other times where I'm not creating anything. Like I'm literally just witnessing something like a birth or a wedding ceremony. I'm not, I'm not involved at all. I'm not touching or moving or, you know, reshaping the memories at all. And there's a, there's a time for that. And I love that. And I'm like, this, this job is so easy when I don't have to tell anyone what to do when I'm just (laughs) a fly on the wall. So I get weird when it's like that. <laughs> well, we're meant to do different things. We are. <laughs> we are meant to do different things. Oh my goodness, Rachel. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. Such a great conversation. I'm so, so grateful. The most I've talked to people since COVID-19. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. crazy. It's so good to be back in the same room mm-hmm. with humans. It yes. is. It's the best. Want to take us uh, Take us home. Take us home with the last question. I would love to. 
Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so, Rachel, so our last question of the pod is, if you could talk to younger Rachel at any point, what is something that you wish that she knew? I guess we didn't really go into my whole like college story and unsure of what I wanted to do with my life and like feeling the pressure of decisions. But I would just tell young Rachel that it doesn't matter what you get your degree in or where you choose to live and all of those details, just that wherever you are, you're going to find community and like-minded people to do life with and hold each other, you know, take care of each other. There's going to be people that aren't able to love you back like you love them, but you'll find the people that are your family and love you more than you know is possible. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was so amazing having you on today and sharing your story and getting to talk to another photographer on the pod. It's huge for me. (laughs) Thank you both. And Maple. And Maple. Maple, who was a very good girl sitting right in between sucking me this whole podcast. (laughs) So Rachel, where can people find you, find your work, everything? Currently in my house, like 24-7. So stop by. I live in North Linden. Um, Online, my name, Rachel Joy Burrell, which is B as in boy, A-R-E-H-L. You can find me on Instagram, my website, Facebook, although I don't update it all that often. And my number, you want my number? (laughs) You can call me out. You can call me. Actually, I don't accept phone calls, only texts. For real. Being a foster parent, I've gotten so much better at answering my phone because I never know who it's going to be. And I, I was always so mad if people didn't leave a message and being like curious, like, I wonder who that was. I decided, yeah. oh, I could start answering it and find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could answer so, my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry doing that. It feels really good. Most of it's spam, but so oh, much, I know. So much spam. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, thank, well, thank you, Rachel. You. Thank you so much. It was so good to be here. So good to have Yay. you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The Babes Mint. We hope you're feeling a little more at home in your body and inspired as hell. If you're ready to change your relationship with your body and yourself, we are here for you. Snag a goddess session with Steph. Or join Jules coaching program, The Diet Detox 180. The links are on our website to learn more and sign up. And of course, if you loved this episode, we would so appreciate if you could spread the love a little bit. So share the episode, rate the show, leave a review, subscribe. You know what to do. It's 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Bye.